Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got some crazy nuclear revenge against a former best friend. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I got my coworker fired for sexual harassment. I used to work at a small but busy store in my part of the city. It was a cool job. The coolest job I had in my early 20s. It was one of those jobs where the employees paid us for work done. Everyone talked about how every employee is underpaid, but this job paid very well. There was never a point where I felt like I was doing more work than I was getting paid for. I worked as an attendant alongside three others. One of the others was a dude, and the others were ladies, two identical twin sisters. They were very pleasant and nice ladies, but I hardly got to work with them because of how our shifts were arranged. Usually, the sisters arranged the same shifts and worked together. I seldom worked with the two ladies at the same time, but sometimes I worked with either of them. I couldn't tell them apart, so it was often hilarious when I mistook one for the other. The guy colleague was also nice, a guy older than me by a year. He was very quiet, calm, and calculative. He barely spoke to anyone unless he had to. It bothered me for a bit that my coworker was not fun, but I soon got used to it. One afternoon, I was leaving for my house when my quiet male coworker asked if he could talk to me. I was surprised seeing as he hardly ever spoke to me or anyone. He asked if I could go on a date with him, and I agreed. We went out and we're still going strong now. He's the absolute love of my life, and he proposed last weekend. I know you probably think I snuck that in just to talk about my fiancé and engagement. Well, yes, I did that on purpose, and I'm not even sorry. A month after my fiancé and I started going out, he quit his job to focus on college. My manager panicked as soon as he dropped his 14-day notice. She knew what value he brought to the store and was reluctant to let him go. She was also wary of employing new people. What I noticed about my boss at the time was her dislike for change. She preferred to avoid new faces or people. I guess it's because she had to train them all over or pay one of the attendants for extra hours to teach the new attendee. She soon started to interview applicants, and there were quite a lot of them. She had gotten so used to getting perfection from us, and she wanted someone who could give nothing less than what we gave to the job. I took some days off work because I had to visit the eye clinic and get some rest after. When I returned to work, I noticed that our manager had replaced my boyfriend with a new guy. This guy was nothing like my boyfriend as an employee. He was down to earth and very friendly. My boyfriend did admit to me later on that the reason he was so quiet around me was that he liked me from the first day. But I don't think that's entirely true. He was a very focused guy who wanted to work and wasn't interested in socializing. Even the twin girls complained about him being too cold and phlegmatic and he didn't like them. I enjoyed working with my man while we were co-workers. He was all about work and he made working easier for me. 
but I didn't like the fact that we couldn't share gossip or make fun of customers together. When he left, I was kind of relieved even though it was around that period that we went on a date and started hanging out. I certainly did not like to work with my man. I was relieved when I found out that the new coworker was more charismatic and sanguine. He told the funniest jokes and was down for some gossip too. Most of my shifts were with him, so I was grateful for that. We could spend our entire shift making funny faces at each other and sending signals about something funny. We soon exchanged numbers, and he would randomly send funny faces and emojis via text. I was glad to receive them and would sometimes text back funny emojis. Soon enough, we had a long train of exchanged funny texts. They were stuff about errant customers, movies we had seen, and general inside jokes. One day, his text came in while I was visiting my then-boyfriend, and my boyfriend was visibly irritated. You text this guy way more than you text me, he complained. I wanted to tell my boyfriend that it was because he wasn't as funny, but I didn't want him to worry and think something was going on between my coworker and me. So I simply assured him that we were just friends, and gently took my phone back from him. I would really like it if you stopped texting him, my boyfriend said. I pouted. Why? It's just the usual coworker shenanigans. Nothing out of the ordinary. He says, well, I'm not comfortable with it. You could think it's just harmless conversations, but he'd think you like him back. I was offended. I was 23 at the time, and if a guy liked me, I was sure that I would know. I thought, how dare my boyfriend insinuate that the poor dude would think I like him back. He didn't even like me. I said, ew, he doesn't like me in that way. Don't be silly. My boyfriend laid the matter to rest and he never brought it up again. After that day, it was as though my coworker overheard the conversation I had with my boyfriend and was working around the clock to prove him right. First, I noticed that he became a lot nicer to me. He would offer to help me carry supplies, open doors for me, and get me water every time I needed it. I was trying to stay hydrated all the time per my doctor's advice. He was sweet to me for two weeks and at some point it got uncomfortable because I didn't want him to think I was leading him on. But since he hadn't told me he liked me or anything, I figured he could just be a gentleman. Many times women confuse a man just being a decent, honorable human being for him having feelings for them. I decided that instead of drawing boundaries and not accepting his help, I would watch as things unfolded. A week after the full week of fawning over me, I noticed that my coworker took his affectionate gestures to a new level and started calling me babe. At first, I didn't think too much about it, but one day a customer commented on how we were a cute couple, and that rang big warning bells in my head. What was even more disturbing was how my coworker smiled and accepted the compliment. I knew that day that I had to set a boundary. My coworker was crossing the boundary of colleague and friendship and I didn't want that. I went from knowing that something wrong was going on and I had to stop it to just being irritated at my coworker's lack of boundaries. I also blamed myself for not setting a boundary in the first place, but alas, it was too late. On one Monday morning, after a weekend of much needed reflection and another babe from my coworker, I told him I didn't want him to call me babe anymore. I had a boyfriend who would be offended if he found out that another dude comfortably calls me affectionate pet names at work. He smiled and told me he understood. I was relieved. So relieved that I almost felt bad about confronting him about it. Perhaps he was just being playful and wasn't flirting with me. 
My feelings of guilt turned into rage when, later that evening, I was in the storage room trying to pull down a pile of toilet paper, and he grabbed my waist from behind and said, Babe. I was too shocked to even do anything. I just stared at him in horror. I thought we talked about the baby thing, I said, still trying to recover from the shock. He smiled and then let out a chuckle. Relax, no one's here, we're alone. I was confused. What does that mean, I asked him, trying to hide my irritation. I know you're only trying to be subtle because you don't want anyone else from the store to know about us. That's fine, at least I get to have you by myself when we're just by our... You've gotta be kidding me, I exclaimed and walked out of the storage room, hot with anger. He followed me, taking the toilet paper I went in to pick up, along with him, and acting as if nothing happened there. After that day, work became heck for me, because my coworker would not stop sexually harassing me. He would try to hug me and then say he was only trying to apologize. He tried to kiss me once again in the storage room. That day, I slapped him, hoping that it would deter him. It did not. He only became a menace. He seemed to even enjoy pissing me off. I couldn't tell my boyfriend because I feared that he would blame me for not setting boundaries the first time he told me to. I eventually gave in and told my boyfriend about it. Why did he think it was okay to try to kiss you and that you'll be fine with him calling you affectionate names in private? My boyfriend asked in an accusatory tone. I said, what? You blame me for what happened? I wasn't just angry, I was frustrated as well. He said, I don't blame you, of course not, but I did warn you though. I said, you're really going to rub this in, aren't you? I didn't wait for a response. I just left him. He tried to talk to me after and even offered to come over to the store and have a talk with my troublesome co-worker. But I didn't want his interference. I refused his help, determined to handle things myself. I went straight to the manager's office the next working day and told her that my co-worker had been harassing me. It wasn't until I was done ranting that I noticed her pale face and tired look. She had her palm on her forehead and was clearly not feeling well. She said, look, I'm not in the mood to get in the middle of a lover's spat. Lover's spat, I thought angrily as I walked back to the counter. Did she even listen to me? It was then I realized that the other workers in the store probably believed that my coworker and I were dating, or at least had a romantic relationship of sorts. It explained why the twin sisters used to smile sheepishly at me whenever they saw him pass. When I returned to the counter, I saw my coworker grinning at me from the counter he was at. Check your phone, he mouthed to me, as if I were some robot and he'd pressed a command button. I picked up my phone and saw that he had sent me a shirtless photo of himself in the bathroom. I was disgusted, so disgusted that I almost puked at that moment. I was going to deal with him. Seething with rage all through the day, I fantasized about a million ways to deal with him. I came up with a plan on my way home and started with it the next day. Meanwhile, all through that night, he texted me several photos of himself. The next morning, I walked up to him and asked if I could borrow his phone. He smiled and handed it to me. He probably thought I'd finally come around and was showing an interest of sorts in him. I looked through his contacts to see what he saved the manager's number as in his contact. I took note of it and returned his phone to him. All through the day, he winked at me from his counter and flashed silly grins. I didn't smile back, but I didn't discourage him either. I guess that emboldened him, because when I returned home that evening, I saw that the fool had sent me a picture of his you-know-what. I was livid, but at the same time, I was glad. 
I looked forward to exerting my revenge on him the next day. I got to work the next day, but my coworker had taken the day off. He came down with something, the store's security guy told me when I asked. I nodded and went in. I honestly thought that was the end of my revenge plan, that it would fall through, but thankfully the universe was just as interested as I was in getting justice. He came in the week after, and I greeted him with a subtle smile, a smile that wasn't too much that he'd immediately question my motive, and wasn't too subtle that he wouldn't notice. As I expected, he smiled back and even gave me a big hug. I know you miss me, he whispered right in my ears as he hugged me. I didn't reply to that, and he repeated himself. Tell me you miss me, he urged. I hope you feel better, I said and walked to my counter. I could feel his eyes all over me as I walked away and I saw shade, so he knew I was doing it on purpose. Later that day, I asked for his phone again. He got busy with a customer and forgot about his phone. I snuck it into the bathroom, searched for my contact, and sent the manager everything he had sent me, including and especially the latest inappropriate photo. I figured he may lie to her about it being a mistake, so I typed out captions similar to what he had sent to me and sent them to her too. I walked out of the bathroom like nothing had happened and handed him his phone. The next day, my manager raised heck in the store. She almost hit him and would have if the security guy hadn't stepped in. When she kept talking about what had happened, I pulled out my phone and showed her that he had sent those same pictures to me too. She was horrified and even threatened to have him arrested. That was how his appointment at the store was terminated. Interestingly, he said nothing to defend himself. Of course, he knew it was me. I wanted him to know and I made sure to flash him silly facial expressions and let him hear me tell everyone about how he's harassed me for nearly two months. As the years with smartphones have gone on, more and more have they made it illegal for people to do such things like send these photos. Honestly, I would have liked to have seen this guy just straight up reported. I guess even still today it's a little hazy on whether or not that's like a chargeable offense even if you know who sent you the photo, but I would hope most people could agree that it should be. That said, our next story is, my former best friend pranked me, so I married the love of her life. Some years back, my former best friend and I got offered an internship opportunity in the same law firm. My best friend and I had been friends since we were in high school and we were... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Very close. Growing up, my parents moved around a lot because of my dad's job. My mom and us kids could have stayed back, but my mom wouldn't hear of it. She wanted all of her family members in the same place. It was nice to be with family, but it was also hard having to change schools very often. Since I hardly had the time to establish great friendships before we moved houses, I hardly had any friends in school. I had girls in school whom I spoke to, but we were never close enough to visit one another in our homes or do any of that other fun girly stuff. This changed, however, when we moved to a different state when I was in high school. Interestingly, when we moved, I was certain that I would hate it there the most. The town was small, everyone knew everyone, and most of the kids went to the same school. My brothers groaned all through the drive. Our house was pretty. My room was well designed by the home decor person my dad employed. I was grateful to be in that house, for my room and the fact that I didn't have to share bathrooms with my brothers. But I wasn't a fan of the town itself. I wished I could take my new room to the city we moved from and invite the girls at school for a sleepover. I loved to bake and could cook too, but only my family got to see and enjoy that side of me because I never really had female friends whom I could host. I decided to make the best of my stay in the house and study hard so I could get into college and be the lawyer I'd always wanted to be. While I wasn't an extroverted person, I found it easy in all the schools I attended to make friends. I also did very well in school, so teachers liked me. On the first day of school, one of my teachers joked that with me being around, one of the girls in class has serious competition. I didn't know who the girl was, and she wasn't even in the school on the said day. I did take note of her name, though. I met a girl in my Spanish class. She was cool and fun to talk to. She also had an eccentric fashion style, so we stuck together all through the day. She showed me around and invited me to join the drama team. I told her I wasn't interested. Debate was my thing. Since I needed extracurricular activities to get into college, I was going to get into the debate club. Oh my goodness, you're just like someone in our grade, she exclaimed. Who, I asked. Even as I asked, I expected to hear the name my teacher had mentioned earlier that day. And that was the name she mentioned. Is she a good person? I asked my new friend, hoping that she would reply affirmatively and I could be friends with the girl who was just like me. She said, yes, she's a good girl. She's also all about justice, the environment, and all of that. We worked on a project together when we were younger, and she and her mom baked me the nicest cookies I have ever tasted in my life. She looked around to see if anyone was looking. Don't ever let my mom know I said that. We both laughed, and I thought, wow, what a coincidence. Someone who was interested in the environment and also loved to bake cookies. I looked forward to meeting her. Two weeks after I had resumed, I finally met her. Before that, three more teachers had told me she was my competition, suggested that I befriend her, and one other expressed that she could not wait to watch the two of us debate in class. She was a pretty girl, had a slender body that carried the most expensive clothes. I could tell that she had some money to throw around with all the chic outfits. 
She, however, had ghastly acne spread all over her face. It was almost scary. I walked over to her and introduced myself as her competitor. She laughed and asked about the school I was transferred from. We spoke for a while and then she excused herself to join her friends. I also returned to the friend I met on the first day of school. We were cordial for the most part of the semester, but we had separate friends and moved in different circles. We were, however, very similar. She wanted to be a lawyer, and I wanted to be a lawyer too. She cared deeply about the environment, and while I wasn't as invested in environmental laws as she was, I was interested too. Also, we both cooked. We were also on the school's debate team together. While we didn't become friends until much later, we were very friendly toward each other and would even hug when we saw each other in the hallway. We didn't become very close until something happened and her friends click and they fell apart. The girl she was closest to in the group told everyone that the reason my former best friend resumed late was that her parents had flown her out of the country to see a dermatologist for her terrible acne. She was mad at her friend for telling the rest because she had made her a promise to keep it a secret. That friend told everyone else in the group anyway and even revealed to them that my ex-bestie warned her not to tell them. The other friends were offended that she was keeping it a secret from them. Somehow it turned into a huge fight and they all started telling people stuff about her. The whole school soon knew that she and her parents flew out of the country to figure out how to deal with her acne. Since the acne was still there, they went around talking about how even her parents' money couldn't save her. She got into a fight with someone who said it to her, hearing, and hit her across the face. The principal was mad about it and she got suspended for a week. The next week, she resumed and was looking a lot less confident than when I first met her. She was sad and wore huge hoodies to cover her face. I spoke to my mom about it and my mom encouraged me to befriend her. I did that and we started hanging out almost as much as me and the first girl I met in school. It was easier to hang out with her since we had similar interests. My first friend was a drama diva. She was either reading some old literature or writing a script for a play. She also had other friends she hung out with, so I spent my time without her with my former best friend. As time passed, my former best friend and I became quite close. She confided in me about when her acne started and how her ex broke up with her because of her acne. I felt that was mean and apologized to her. He's a jerk anyway, you're better off without him, I consoled her. Her parents had tried different doctors to get her acne cleared, but when one remedy worked and the acne cleared, they would come back as soon as she got her period and would be even more vicious than the former ones. My mom had a lot of acne as a teenager, she told me. She eventually outgrew it and everyone tells me I'll outgrow my acne, but I really don't want to wait that long. She often blamed her mom for giving her acne. It was a mess. As if that wasn't enough, her two sisters mocked her all the time for having acne. In the first year of our friendship, my former best friend had a tough time. Fighting with and hitting another student got her a bad reputation in school. Her acne was not going, her sisters were mean to her and her parents split up. I was there for her all through. I invited her to my house to bake cookies with me and she frequently went to the movies with me and my other friend. We soon became very close, closer than my first friend and I were in fact. Sadly, the great friendship I had with the girls was threatened when my dad was transferred again to a different state. The three of us cried together the day I packed up the stuff in my room. 
Even my mom got teary-eyed from just watching us. We stayed in touch though. We sent emails to each other and decided that we were going to the same university. Luckily, we're both intelligent and we got into the same college. We tried to be roommates, but that didn't work out. My roommate was super religious and we were very different from each other, so I was mostly always in my former best friend's room. Her roommate mostly lived with her boyfriend, so I sometimes even slept in my friends. We were excited to reconnect, reignite our friendship, and go back to the way things used to be, but I noticed that my friend had changed. She was no longer the confident, sassy, and intelligent girl that I knew in high school. She had become a terribly insecure young woman. She no longer had ghastly acne, but she had tiny acne scattered across her face. I had also become prettier than I used to be. I got new clothes and learned to combine outfits and wear nicer stuff. Perhaps this upset my friend and made her uncomfortable. Back in high school, I hardly ever dressed up or wore fancy clothing. Sometimes I even wore clothes belonging to my brother. Since I didn't have a big sister to look up to, I never really learned how to dress in a feminine way. My mom was not anywhere close to being a fashionista too. It wasn't until we moved to the last state we lived in that my aunt who lived there taught me how to combine outfits and gave me a complete makeover. At first, my friend made nice comments about my outfits and praised them, but she soon got uncomfortable. We were both on the debate team in college, and whenever we went to practice, she would make a snarky comment about whatever I was wearing. You always dress up like you're going to a fancy function, she said one day. That was rich coming from her. She was always dolled up. Besides from making those comments privately, she would point out faults in my arguments, outfit, makeup, and whatever else as soon as there's a third party present. At some point, I avoided being around her and others because she would consistently throw jabs at me and make fun of me. It was my friend who told me about the internship opportunity at a law firm very close to our school. It was a great opportunity for us to see if we truly wanted to be lawyers, and we were excited about it. My friend's dad is a renowned lawyer, so we put in a word for her, and she was selected some months before I was. I had to write a brief test and pass the interview before I could get it. My friend was happy I got in. She told me about nearly everyone at the office and was glad I could now put a face to those names. She had especially told me about her crush, a young, very handsome lawyer who had just finished law school. Just like she made fun of me all the time at the debate club in school, my friend constantly made me the object of ridicule at every gathering at the firm. One day she asked if my hair was appropriate for a profession as conservative as law. I'm a redhead. Everyone burst out laughing, and I could see the satisfaction all over her face. For a long time, I'd ignored her delirious comments because I felt bad for her. I understood that it was her way of feeling better about herself. Her self-esteem had suffered over the years, and I let her to continue to take a hit at me. The problem, however, was that her comments were starting to make me feel small. They were getting to me and taking a hit on my self-esteem too. That day, after work, the cute guy she had a crush on drove us back to the campus. They already seemed to be getting on well and I'd even encouraged her to be bold and flirt with him. During the ride, she tried to make jokes about me, but he wasn't laughing at her jokes, so she stopped. When we returned to her room, I warned her about it. I told her I didn't like her constantly trying to put me down. She apologized quietly and I accepted her apology. I didn't expect what my friend did to me next. 
Nearly two weeks later, one of the senior partners invited us to his engagement party. I wore a pretty white dress and went with my friend. Guests from the firm all sat together at a round table. We were all having fun, eating and drinking when I stood up to leave for the bathroom. My friend's crush complimented my dress and I thanked him and left for the bathroom. When I returned, I sat on my chair and noticed slimy wetness seeping into my dress. It was brief, so I didn't question it or check. When the couple gave their speech and we stood to toast to the couple, one of the ladies at our table gasped. Your dress is soaked, she said quietly. I didn't understand her and was confused. A guy looked at my dress and his face turned apologetic. Sorry, honey, you didn't know you got your period? I was certainly not on my period and would have known if I was. My best friend started to taunt me about my blood being so fresh and red. I saw a bottle of ketchup on the table and realized what had happened. My friend had poured ketchup all over my chair when I left for the bathroom. She was trying to embarrass me before everyone at work. I stood silently and left for the bathroom while some of my coworkers laughed and my friend yelled, Oh, come on, it was a joke after me. She apologized later and I accepted her apology. But a month later, I was in her crush's home baking him my special lemon cookies. Months later, I got pregnant and we got married. My former best friend was devastated, but I'd stopped caring about her, so I didn't care. I just would say it's a very bold move not just to go straight for her boy toy, but to jump straight ahead to just getting pregnant, I'm imagining they probably weren't intentionally trying to, I would hope. And I also hope this didn't derail OP's whole college experience, I hope they were still able to finish whatever they were setting out to do here. I mean, the revenge is good, but did this just completely upend OP's life plans? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left, or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.